Out goes Hamptons Dave, and in comes the living legend himself back for what? Is this uh, the fourth time? <laughs> I think it is. We've been throwing parties. Who, you, who keeps count? I guess at this point, who does? Well, I know you, I do. Especially when, you have, especially when you're having fun. Especially when we're doing all these different things. We've had book signings. We've had interviews. We've had you in the basement at Hamptons, Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, that's right, the one and only Rick Ross is here tonight. Hey, I'm going to clap is, for myself. got to clap for yourself, though. Sometimes <laughs> you got to give yourself your roses. You know what you've done, and not just the past life, but right now. And I'll never forget this moment back in the day at this party. We had these gangsters up on stage, and they were commending you for the past work that you had done in the streets. For the millions and millions of dollars that you made as a drug kingpin in L.A. One of the most <laughs> legendary stories of all time. And you weren't you weren't feeling it. You were like, no, at this point, like, I'm so past it at this point. I'm out here promoting my book, teaching people how to become entrepreneurs, how to utilize these skills, these business skills the right way. So do you feel at this point, are you like, are you over it? Are you past that whole point? Not like like you want to go back, but past that point in your life where it's not even cool anymore? Or is it still give you that rush to no, think about? No, it's not. I, you know what? I, I never wanted to really be a drug dealer. It was never. Really? No, it wasn't. It wasn't in my, you know, I, I when I was a kid, I never thought about being a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, Really, when becoming a drug dealer came to my mind is when I went and saw the movie Superfly. That was the first time I ever thought about selling drugs. You know, it made it cool. Time. And then I didn't even think I didn't think about me selling drugs. I just admired the guy on the string on the screen that was selling drugs. Like that motherfucker is cold. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. like, I would mind being like him, but oh, man. I, I never thought that that I could do that. You know, you know. Um, I had no clue. You know, I didn't know where to get drugs from. I didn't know what drugs look like. I didn't know what they sold for. And then I didn't have the money to buy them anyway. So. What was your first experience? Was it was it someone giving you some to sell it? Did, did you purchase some? What was like that moment that sparked me realized this was a path you could take to get some money? I, I was sitting on my mom's porch. You know, uh, I've been I've been stealing cars. Okay, so cars came first. There was stealing cars before Selling drugs, boosting cars. First. Okay. Nice. And, That's fun too, though. And I got addressed. I got arrested. Oh, you know, okay. For Grand Theft Auto, like seven counts. And I didn't want to get arrested for stealing cars no more while I was out on bail. So I was yeah. sitting on my mom's porch and, and I was just like, you know, at one of my lowest stage, stages in life. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know what the f I was going to be doing with my life. You know, yeah. like, where are you going? You know, your tennis career is over. You thought you could be a car thief as a career. That's over. And you might wind up in prison. How does that even work as a career as a car thief? I mean, it seems like a short term career. Well, you know, for an idiot, you know, <laughs> he, he don't know that it's a short term career. You know, he don't know that the cops only need one time to catch him. You know, he could, he could get away with a thousand cars and get caught one time and you know, and wind up in prison for 20, 30 years, you know, he, he doesn't wow. know that, you know, so he's just yeah, stealing cars, you know, piling them up in his little chop shop. It's one yeah. thing to sell. Yeah. See, like you said, a chop shop, you can't really steal and sell cars at that scale. Like you can drugs. So it doesn't seem like a very lucrative, long lasting criminal career. Yeah. And cars are much bigger. 
It's a good point. Harder to hide. Yeah, I mean, what's that like stealing a car? Was that what, what's a bigger rush? Sell like stealing a car or selling a whole bunch of uh, other good stuff? Uh, selling a whole bunch of other good stuff. Yeah, yeah. you make more money. That's what it is. So the rush comes with the money. Absolutely. You know, you, you know what it, what they say. Uh, the reward has to match the the uh the punishment or something like that there yeah. I, I don't know i don't know I don't, I don't know exactly how it goes but somewhere in there um the crime the time must fit the crime or something like that there yeah uh, i can see say. that yeah yeah but well, yeah it's not know, the deed it's not the thought it's if you get caught that's what i always go by and, and then in the drug business you know when i first started i started with something as small as a match head I don't know you probably never saw a match so you wouldn't know what a match <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> i started smoking pot young <laughs> so, so let's take it back. So, so you got caught stealing cars, and now you realize you need to take some other path to make money. And who offered you? How did this go down? So I'm sitting on my mom's porch, right? And then uh, my mom called me in the house and said, "Hey, uh, Mike's on the phone. I want to speak to you." Mike's a friend of mine that went off to college to play football. You know, he played at Fresno State, and he was running running back behind the best running back in the country. And um, he said, "Man, come over to the house. I got something I want to show you." And uh, I called my boy, and we don't even have gas. You know, I think a gallon of gas was like 50 cent at the time, and we don't even have 50 cent to get a gallon of gas to get to his house. So somehow we muscled up enough money to get, get gas to get to his house, and we go over. And uh, he laid some cocaine on the table for the first time I, I saw, other than in the movies, uh, I saw cocaine. So you never even experimented with it before? First time you ever saw it? First time I ever saw it. It was on that it. table. Wow. Yes. And I went from there to, you know, I took a snort. You know, we all took yeah. a snort that night. And uh, he gave me $50 worth and told me to see what I could do with it. And what'd you do? You stretched it out? I got beat out of it. Got beat out of it? Yes, I got beat out of it. My first experience is I lost the money. I lost the $50. Really? I never got that $50 back. What happened? But. but the guy who smoked it up, uh-huh. he brought me my first customer. And mm. he not brought me my first customer, I would not be in the cocaine. I would never have probably have been. I probably would have quit. Wow. I probably would have been a failure at the cocaine business. Who would have thought? That's how lucky it went for down. Me, lucky for me, Martin brought me a customer that had wow. 100 bucks. And that was always never an issue if you're looking for customers. But that's like down the line. Well, that's just, down the line. In the beginning, there was no customers. So so this is like the early, what year is this? 79, 80. Wow. So and that's when, when Coke is like $325 a gram, maybe $350 a gram, $375 a gram, something like that there. If you could find it. Yeah. You know, it was really hard to find. You know, you, you might have to search all day to find. You know, I ate the cocaine, you know, like, like, look, I got money. Who got cocaine? Nobody had it. You know, wow. even when I was trying to buy ounces, you know, it was really hard to find. You just you just couldn't find it at the time. You know, What year did it all change? What was the year that it really was just booming? I don't know. You know, it started to gradually it started to gradually change for me. You know, it wasn't wasn't a fast process, but. Uh, it, it started to change. You know, I saved my money up, you know, so I started buying more, you know, instead of buying yeah. uh, uh, 
you know, three grams of cocaine for three hundred dollars. You know, I started to buy ounces of cocaine and then I started to buy two ounces of cocaine and then three ounces of cocaine. So whenever I found it, you know, I tried to buy all that they had or as much as I could afford uh, because I know that it, it may be a time that I couldn't find it again. Unbelievable. And like once again, to those that are tuned in, this is the <clears throat> Rick Ross that's on here right now. And we're just scraping the surface. Totally different from, from Snowfall. You know, uh, I'm watching Snowfall. You know, yeah. I got the show called After the Snow where I'm breaking down the TV series Snowfall. You know, it, 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 the guy goes and he meets the guy for the first time and the guy gives him a kilo of cocaine. You know, like, he don't even know the guy's name, but he, he gives him a kilo of cocaine. I'm like, what the f***? Where does that happen at? <laughs> Only in the TV show. Only in the TV shows, man. You know, I had to, I had to grind my way up, you know, to, to get to yeah, no one's going to give you a kilo. Where is this guy? Where is this mysterious man giving out kilos? Yes. He had people lined up. They'd have been lined up around his house. That's one thing that we don't hear much about is the, is the come up of Rick Ross. Like, we know about you in your glory days, kingpin days. Where do you rank yourself amongst the kingpins of all time? The all-time drug kingpins. We're talking uh, Escobar. I don't know, you know. Different people have different saying, you know, I, I, somebody showed me where I was in the top 10, but I don't care about that stuff. You yeah. know, my, my ranking now is 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 where I'm going to be ranked around uh, these legit business guys. You know, where do, where do I fall in history? And, and that's what I'm after right now is to 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 stake my mark on legitimate business and, and in history. I mean, I ask that because if you look at these top 10 kingpins like we talked about, right? How many really turned it around and were able to come out and do legitimate business in this matter? None. 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 And that's the craziest part to me. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. Or in prison. Or in prison forever. Yeah. Yeah. And and because of, if we take it back, you know, there's a lot of people that might just be tuning in and hearing about you for the first time, but how you avoided a life sentence Due to learning and and figuring out a glitch in the legal system, that's a whole story in itself. But there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. We're going to go to a very, very quick break. We do have Rick Ross here. And last time he was here, he brought some musicians with him. I'm not sure if he's still rolling with the musicians these days. Is there any particular musician we should play tonight on the radio? What do you think? Uh, Let me see. Who who you might have that, that you might be able to think of? Um... My boy Garetti from DC. I bet you ain't got his music though. He he's 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 still up and coming. I'm gonna look it up though. We're gonna put it. What, what's his name? You said Garetti from DC. Garetti, yeah, Garetti. Garetti. Okay, we're gonna look this up. We're gonna go to a break. We've got a lot to talk about. Legitimate business. Some crazy stuff too, but mostly legitimate business. Because he's in the 420 game heavy. We're all in the 420 game heavy. We got a lot to discuss. This is the Ryan Show FM with I'm the, be the 420 man. I'm going to be the 420 man. 420 king. Yes, that's what I want. That's right. Yo, we've got a lot to go over. This is the Ryan Show FM with Rick Ross and we. We'll be back. Let's get it. Ha! Here come a rhyme in your ear, Craig Max here, so have no fear. 
My rhymes push the whack to the rear. I'm severe, rap pioneer. When folk out stare, loud was clear. Rhymes flow to the break of dawn, exploring them since I can steal on. Like Paul's Dillion. Yeah, don't forget, style is a banger. From C's I deposit in the closet on the hanger. Break them back, back. Chop the rhymes like a chop shop, chopper act. Starting with the bows in your back. Whatever I attack is like a blow from an axe. Sweet like sugar that beyond sugar smacks. Facts like this, Mr. or Miz, can't another rapper see me when it's time for getting biz and the moral of the story as you will as see, you will see that from now on the greatest rapper is me, ah, MC, you're jocking my style, you're jocking my style, boy, you're jocking my style, MC, you're jocking my style, you know you can't touch the place, uh, MC, you're jocking my style, you're jocking my style, boy, you're jocking my style. MC, stop jocking my style. Craig Mack has the fat funk plays. Now I'm saying, rock funk to the Himalayan. No more delaying MCs, you decaying. I'm staying. Cause now I'm out my cage. And what I do for rap is going to make front page. Remember back in the days, I was just tight. I do a rhyme, well, I do a willy riding right. But now I'm the man with the mic in my hand. Starving MCs like some kids from Cyan Breaker Breaker, uh, it's the uh, folk rhyme shaker uh, Super uh, duper superb, uh, slamming like a laker Swimming on them seas uh, like a moray is with mass appeals what? He rhymes and jokes like danger feels, boy I tell ya Ain't no lava on this continent, I'm doping you the opposite The man when I be dropping raw, raw. Give them a headache, hit ya so hard to kill your man by mistake, use a fake Ladies and real Non-stop rockin' till it's time to go, so bust the flow I'ma be around for a while MC, stop jockin' my style MC, you're jockin' my style You're jockin' my style, boy, you're jockin' my style MC, stop jockin' my style You know you can't touch the place MC, you're jockin' my style You're jockin' my style, boy, you're jockin' my style MC, stop jockin' my style It's Craig Mack, the fat punk plays Now everybody put your hands in the air Wave them like they just don't care Hey yo, you can have a dollar or be a millionaire Sometimes I think the match should be mayor Now me, myself and I, we three bad What? Here to eliminate suckers, I came to rock the party Are you ready? Get your Aunt Millie's out I eat them seeds like spaghetti at machete I cut you like a sword Into buying dimes, these rhymes you can't afford I shine like jewelry, ain't nobody schooling me I battle anybody, just point the hula fool of me Cause you and me, we ain't the same type of breed I grab the mic and give the crowd what they need and proceed To rock the mic says the child Get off my tip and stop jocking my style MC, who's jocking my style? I get jocking my style, boy, you jocking my style MCs, you jockin' my style, you know you can't touch the place uh, MCs, you jockin' my style, you jockin' my style, boy, you jockin' my style MCs, stop jockin' my style, it's Craig Mack, the fat punk Jockin' my style One, two, fuck the fuck jockin' my style Don't bug, don't boom, boom, original fat punk flavor, it's jockin' my style Don't bug, don't boom, boom, what? I want time for your mind as jockin' my style my style And we have returned, Rick Ross is in studio This is indeed the Ryan Show FM Where we turn over all the stones and we bring on experts Not many people that have been on the show Have made upwards of $3 million in one day How does that even happen in the cocaine trade? I feel like that's a that's a huge order. Is it one big order? Is it multiple orders? I mean, that's insane. Multiple multiple orders. You know, probably 
you figure you figure you gotta have oof, like nine or ten guys that's spending at least 250 300,000. So how does that work? How do you see nine and ten people making that big an order in a day? Are you sitting inside of like a castle with armed guards? I mean, how, how does oh, it go? No, we would we would do that right from South Central LA in a normal little house. It's insane. Well, you know, like like what I would do is I would raise my guys up. You know, I would teach guys how to become millionaires. You know, I, I just didn't, you know, I just didn't go out looking for millionaires. I created them. How did you pick who would be your next apprentice? Well, well, well you're looking for guys like yourself, you know, guys who maybe, you know, played baseball or basketball or football, you know, good athletes. Uh, but something happened down the line. Maybe they didn't go to school. Maybe they got hurt on the field or, or, or something like that. Or just any any normal person that's ambitious. You know, yeah. somebody who wants more out of life than, than what they have, you know, and can't uh, figure out how to get it any other way. You know, it's a hard part as a leader is knowing when somebody's learned all that they can from you. That's the hard part about being, being a boss is workers. Good workers are hard to find because the it's hard to, to hire a boss and somebody else that is of that leadership caliber. They, they have to understand how to learn. So that's why yeah, it's a, it's a process. I mean, what's the difference between mentoring people in the cocaine trade and mentoring people in the entrepreneurial trade that you're in right now? Well, right now my problem with, with, with people is convincing them that, um, that I know what I'm talking about. But you have so much success outside of what you were doing in the past. Now with, I mean, boxing, we, we don't even skim the surface on all the other stuff you're doing. Why is that? Well, in, in, in the drug business, I, I was super successful. You know, yeah. everybody know, you know, that, that I was I was killing the game. So they, they understood that. So if I said do something, they would do it. But now in the legitimate business side, yeah, I've had some success. You know, I, I've been pretty successful, like you said, with the boxing right now. I'm 42 and 0. You know, I haven't lost none of my guys that I work with. Lost a fight since I've been working with them. Um, what the movie is is almost in progress. The documentary, but they can't. People can't really quantify these things. You know, I was a feature story in Esquire magazine's 80th anniversary. Versity. Um, I won a dispensary license, got a marijuana grow that I'm building right now, but those things still haven't quantified because people are used to seeing you look a certain way when when you're successful. And I don't fit the criteria because, you know, I feel I can dress any way I want to. You know, I don't have a boss to tell me that I got to come in the office with this on. You know, uh, uh, with that on, I, I can walk around, you know, barefoot all day if I want to. I can let my hair grow. You know, the top won't grow, so I can let the sides grow out so I look like, you know. <laughs> I know how it is. I look like Doc. Yeah, I can I can do whatever I want to do, and, and, that, and that's exactly what I do. You know, I, I travel, you know, I'm probably on an airplane two or three times a week. And, and, you know, I really live my life the way I want to, and, and I could teach other people how to do it, but it, it's hard to, to get people to to see behind uh, the book. You know, they keep, yeah. they keep judging the book by the cover, and, and I'm like, no, 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 you got to open it up and read it. It's not the cover. Don't, don't, don't go by the cover. You know, the cover might just be 
pretty colors and, and fancy pictures and and then the inside of the book be 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 empty you know yeah. it's like it's like a bottle you know they they dress these bottles up to be so pretty and then the, the content be be nothing so uh i want people to understand that the content is more valuable than the bottle i think you've done a really good job turning around your image especially since you first came on the show back in what 2018 but you've been going from show to show big platform to big platform showing that you're not just trying to make money but you're trying to teach people and give back especially to the black community because one Absolutely. thing that, one familiar theme is that black people keep getting screwed throughout history right and it's throughout no different history. now so when you're and you have you're facing like the biggest stigmas of all time black male felon drug kingpin i mean what could possibly illiterate 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 yeah it's like it's literally poor poor welfare so just that alone. I was on welfare before too. So welfare as well. So literally, what else is there? Like at this point, literally everything except for bad health. Knock on wood. Right? <laughs> so we don't want that. No, we don't want that. No, of course. So so all that being said, uh, that right there in itself to overcome all of that and and to go and and give these motivational speeches. You've been going to schools and you've been teaching kids. People want it. They take you more seriously than some nerd cop. I'm sorry. People take you more seriously because you've been through it, done that. Why would they not want to hear you over some guy that's going to arrest them for smoking a joint in their car? So I think it's important yeah. that guys that have reformation that have turned around their public image are doing what you're doing. It's a huge, huge step. It's a huge step uh, for even criminal justice reformation to see what can be done. Well, you know, uh, uh, I think I think our criminal justice system needs an overhaul. You know, we're still on that old that old good old old boy program. You know, lock them up, yeah. throw away the key instead of. Uh, remembering that an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. And, and you know, that's what we've been doing. We've been throwing cures at, at the problem instead of trying to go to the root of, of what's going on. You know, one of the things, you know, uh, they say when you go to jail, you get rehabilitated. Yeah. But my, uh, my tennis coach tell me, how can you rehabilitate something that's never been habilitated? So, you know, we need to start habilitating our, our young black males uh, and, that would help with a lot of the problems that we have right now today. Yeah. And just economical issues, really. I mean, every crime I've committed is not because I want to. Well, that's not true. I guess there were some funny guys. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. For the most part, it's because we need the money, damn it. Well, well, you know, most, most of the crimes, especially, you know, you're talking about when you're talking about people like drug dealers. Yeah. You know, those are not... Uh, uh, crimes of ill will, those are economical crimes. Those are people who are trying to uh, uh, get out of an economic status that, that they're in. So um, I feel that those type of crimes should be treated totally different than somebody who goes out and rapes a woman or or kidnaps a kid or, or you know, runs a bank and, and throw, throw guns in everybody's faces and tell them to get down. Uh, because, you know, really, and, 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 you know, I, I had to, to debate this with myself. You know, why did I choose? Why did I choose drugs over all the other things that I could have done, you know, illegal? And what I came up with is, you know, drugs is what they call a victimless crime. You know, it's not where the person that you're supposed to be hurting, as the courts say, uh, is mad at you, you know? Yeah. It's this not a violent is, crime. I mean, they might be getting addicted to stuff, but let's be honest, cocaine's a hell of a drug. It's fun. 
But the people who you're selling to, they want it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're happy. They're happy that you they're happy that you had the cocaine. And is it any more addictive than caffeine? Is it any more addictive than Coca-Cola? Come on. Look. It's definitely not as addictive as cigarettes. That's true. Nicotine's up there. Yeah, it's definitely not as addictive as cigarettes. It doesn't fit the narrative. But you're talking about a crime where the supposed to be victim is happy with the person that's supposed to victimize them. <laughs> yeah. Yo, there's no, yo, I'm going to be honest with you, Rick. The world needs more good Coke dealers. In a day and age where people are dropping like flies, where you don't know what you're going to get. You're just trying to stay up a little bit late and maybe have a few extra drinks. God forbid. And it could be your last sniff of anything. And it's in New York City. Everywhere you go, I've lost countless friends due to fentanyl. Uh, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I mean by we need some really good coke dealers. I don't mean like kingpins like you, Rick. We can only have a few. <laughs> I mean kingpins. I mean just trusting people that let us have a good time at night. Well, well, you know one thing about a good a good drug dealer is he's going to try to keep his people safe. Yeah, he's going to try to make sure that they get the best coke that they can get for the best dollar. You know, and and he don't want nothing to happen to him. He want them to be just how they want to be. He is that how you were? Were, were you making sure that it was the best of the best you were making oh, sure? Oh, I tried to make sure that I got them the best that I could get at the best price I could get it for because I knew that's what they wanted. And I was, and my job was to get them exactly what they want. Oh, my God. I can just imagine the rush. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the segment, $3 million in one day at points back in the day. So now that you're in the 420 game and you are making some sales, is it a comparable business at all? I mean, now that you're, I know that it's un- underground doing it, you know, the other way, but the weed game now, I mean, how would you compare it? What are the, the similarities and differences? Well, I, I, I see a lot of comparisons. Uh, I started late in the weed business. Mm-hmm. You know, they got, they got guys that had big head starts on me. Oh, yeah. uh, 20, 30 uh, year head starts. People yes. Waiting. But one thing I can say is that one thing about me is, is that I can see the holes. You know, if I was a running back, I'd get through the holes because I'd see them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're Rick Ross. Like, they don't want to put you in the game. <laughs> you are going to take this over. Yeah, so wow. so I, I definitely see 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 gaps in, in the weed business. Uh, right now, uh, the people are gouging mm-hmm. the consumer. I, I believe the consumer is the most important person in this whole equation you know they're the ones that they count the most they're the ones whose opinion should be valued the most yeah. and i don't think that they actually doing that in, in in the game right now and uh one of my goals is to bring that back to the game to bring the game to the people who who put the most in uh no matter where they at if they at the bottom 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 but they putting the most in in then they should get the most reward and and that's my goal in this game is to to bring it to where the people at the bottom uh, uh, and if they deserve the most reward, they get the most reward. What pains me is that it seemingly will never happen that way. It seems that it's just going to be these rich old white people that have money that they've made in all these other businesses that take it and invest it back into the weed game. I went to a weed convention in the Hamptons and much to my dismay, it was a whole bunch of people that had probably never smoked weed in their lives. Just boring, corny, old white people. People that probably were yelling at me for smoking a joint while driving around. If it were only a few years earlier. 
I agree. I agree. And and it's something the the way our our city and 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 state government officials have only looked at this as a cash cow. You know, they they haven't looked at it uh, from the point of view that uh, there's a community. You know, there's a community that fought that fought and went to jail in order to get these marijuana laws passed. People who who knew from the beginning that marijuana shouldn't be illegal, that people should be allowed to smoke marijuana anytime they get ready. And it's a shame that those people are not able to benefit now from uh, uh, from the legalization of 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 uh, an industry that they created and a culture that they cultivated. Do you know how many sandwich bags full of weed I had to store in my junk in high school <laughs> to sell to the kids? <laughs> Do you know what I did for this culture, Rick? Come on. It's true though. And now none of us could reap the rewards of it, but I guess it's like anything else. And it's so ironic. You know, we mentioned these top 10 drug kingpins. Well, I think number one, I wish I knew who it was, but I'm sure he's some old white man that sells fentanyl. And he's doing it legally. Think about it. These pharmaceutical companies are easily, easily the biggest drug dealers. You know what you didn't have, Rick, which you should have? Lobbyists. Maybe if we had people lobbying in D.C., Coke would have been legal. Wow. Right? Wow. That's a thought. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know, you know, you know, in my documentary, when the the prosecutors say something like that. Get out. uh, I think he said that Rick just didn't know who to pay off. That's what it is. Like you, you need full on teams of lobbyists, politicians, like you mentioned earlier on Fox Sports Radio. What's going on? Everybody, go check out that interview Sunday, eight a.m. Fox Sports Twelve Eighty. You mentioned that a lot of these politicians are really not that smart. Oh no! Oh no! Not as smart as we 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 think, and 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 that's why I can't understand why uh, we as the people would allow them to do all the thinking for us. You know, they tell us where we can go, what time, what time you can stop drinking, where you can smoke at, how much your price is going to be, how much the taxes will be on your smoke. You know, uh, I think that we we give them much, much too much power. And it, it's time for the people to take back their power. You know, these people have told us, you know, for uh, two ounces of crack cocaine, you should go to jail a uh, uh, hundred times longer than a guy that was selling powder cocaine. Um, just, you know, just total nonsense, you know, obvious, obvious. It's like saying that, like you get, you get, uh, you get like three times more punishment for drinking Henny. If you get a DW drinking Henny, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, just like literal laws written racist yes. laws that were written, like absolutely crazy. Yes. And, and, and it still goes out. And now right now there's a similar epidemic, but it's happening to these white suburban people getting addicted to these opioids and other drugs, and they're not even doing anything about it. Yeah, That's well, they definitely, they definitely. One of the things that I noticed is that they didn't deal with it criminally. Exactly, they're not dealing That's, with it criminally. Exactly, they make with, it seem like it's ri- like they need help, like you were mentioning. Absolutely, absolutely. Like the same thing they should have did with the crack epidemic. It should have been exactly. a situation where we we received help. You know, one of the things about addiction that that I tell people about addiction all the time. You don't fight addiction with with war. You fight addiction with love and peace. As if your brother was addicted to crack or whatever it was, you wouldn't go and and cast him out, you know, 
to 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 nowhere, you know, send him to nowhere land to punish him, you know, you would want him to get clean. You would want to do everything you can to help him straighten his life up. And 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 that's not the way that that they handled it with the crack epidemic. No. Different shades of color means different laws that are written, is what yes. they say. The good old boys. But it's all <laughs> starting to change. It's all starting to change. You know, as all this stuff goes on, us kids, us young kids, us millennials, 30-year-olds and under, as we get into law, as we get into power and into office, that's when all of these major changes are going to happen. Because you think about all the legislation changes, but then when you look at things that are going on, Moving backwards with abortions and things of that nature, that is a little strange. Just stripping women's of the rights. Absolutely. Well, what about what about these gun laws? You know, people getting killed, you know, with these 19 kids and, and two teachers getting killed with these submachine guns. And, and these politicians are saying, well, we need these 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 we need these guns. This is uh, um, the 10th, the 10th Amendment or whatever it's called. I can't think of whatever number it is, but, you know. These guns were created to kill people. Well, I mean, you know? Rick, have you have you ever shot a rabbit with an AR-15? No. Do you know the power that that feels? I shot a car with one, though. Oh, my God. It went I'm through sure. the back bumper. We wow. shot the back bumper. The bullet went through the bumper. All the way to the motor of the car. And it knocked a hole in the motor of the car big enough to put your fist in. One bullet? One bullet. That's disturbing. AK forty AK forty seven. It was an AK forty seven. Yeah. That but you know the, the AR fifteen, those are almost the same guns. You know, they they yeah. they so similar and, and they all they all do the same kind of damage. People claim that you're using them to hunt. That's why I mentioned the rabbit. That's literally the argument that these Republican lawmakers had was that you need these guns to hunt. Yeah, that'll that'll kill the whole. I mean, that'll knock a whole. Won't be no rabbit left. Won't be no rabbit left. Won't be a deer left. Nothing. Like it's <laughs> it's insane. Wow. So I want to ask more about that story. What were you doing shooting an AR-15 at a car or an AK-47 at a car? But man, I mean, I guess uh, hey, the past is the past, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a long time ago. You know, we we were. It was a, a Fourth of July or something. You know, one of the days that they shoot up in the sky and. And we got all this heavy artillery, you know, we got whew, everything, Uzis, Thompsons, um, uh, Mac, Mac 10s, Mac 11s. You know, we got we got some heavy, heavy, heavy artillery and, and we had never shot it. So wow. this was a, a night where, we, you know, we could let loose with our ammo and uh, we were just shooting up in the sky. And, and then uh, one of my little dudes pulled up in a car, you know, one of the buckets, as we call it, you know, three or four thousand dollar car, you know, pretty nice little car at that time. You know, three or four thousand was a pretty decent little car, but it wasn't something that was, you know, we, right. we, we can have fun with three or four thousand and, and not even <laughs> not even think about it. So uh, I was like, man, I wonder what happened if I shoot this bullet through the bumper. And, and I did. And and. Lo and behold, we saw sparks going all through the car, you know, where the bullet was hitting different things. Bing, 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 bing. You know, wow. just the ricochets. And uh, I was like, man, that was kind of cool. And then somebody else starts shooting with the Thompson. And, man, we shot so many holes in that car. And then, you know, we were, we were crazy young kids. Oh, so what man. I do is I take the car the next day and I put it on top of my tow truck. 
and I put it right on one of the main streets in LA <laughs> so people could see it. Just to get people's reactions? Yeah, so people would be driving down the street and they would see this car shot up, you know. Like, <laughs> Yo. Wow, bullet holes everywhere. I don't know how many. I mean, we put so many bullets in that car. We put a lot of bullets in that car that night. Sometimes it's just fun. That's all it was, you know. You know, yeah. lucky for me and, and for the rest of the guys that we, we never uh we never had to uh use that that type of artillery against anybody. Uh because we really bought it for self-defense. Because the uh, CIA was doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> they was bringing the guns in for us, yeah. Right? Unbelievable. All right, this is a good time to go to a quick break. Because, wow, what a story. And I'm sure people can relate. I'm sure that we've all... I don't know about with that type of heavy artillery. We've all gotten in shot cans with, uh, with pea shooters. But how's that for a good gun story? We got Rick Ross in studio... Follow him at Freeway Ricky, right? Is that a Freeway Ricky on Instagram? Yeah, Freeway Ricky on Instagram, Freeway Rick Ross on Facebook. The and one, the Freeway only. Rick. We dropped Bel Air because we were just sick to our stomachs seeing that pig just drinking that Bel Air constantly all day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it more when we return. This is the Ryan Show FM, and we will be back. Coming six billion feet from beneath me You should be peeping how I get smoked out on the weekends I swing into my crew or down to my fam Schooling all those knockers like final exams Cause it's that folk and you with the irrelevant elements And it's coming through your blocks, catch a smell it, trick What a copycat might hold for back So you get folk tracks, punchlines, and skull hacks Ooh. Got a little red in town Who's that effing clown sounding whack with the frown? I don't know, man, but you better wonder what I would do While loud on this staff like birds one and two My crew runs thick in the syrup from the burrow You get hurt up, word up, jam like pearl Knock off a puff on the rough R.I.P. my man Rockefeller, it don't stop On and on and it don't quit Red man rocking on to the funky Come on On and on and it don't quit Red man rockin' out to the funky. I said Jersey's in the house. I said Brooklyn's in the house. I said Uptown's in the house. I said the Bronx in the house. New Jersey, rock, rock on. Word is born. I'm coming this warm, so turn your flashlights on. Due to difficulty, my style blows water to across the planet in 48 hours like Nick Naughty. Dropping the flavor, stay sky high like Pager. I match a cool like Fantasia on paper. I saw the light like Kraftwerk, of course. When a TLA rock shock the stuff, it's yours in your drawers. Your record label got your stab gas, thinking you gonna sell two mil cakes real fast. But you flopped and your image choked like a tank. Now who freaking style your ass gonna steal that? Are there any more imitators in the house? There are no. Bust like NBA jams and you can have Chicago Catch the combo, funky like a bag of Bravos Way back when I pump 92 KTU with Carlo I just stay funky like that Make you one up my style like a junkie or crack Trick you better back the freak up for real now When I break it down from Newark and J to L-Town More than more than it don't quit Red man rockin' on to the funky Come on, on and on and it don't quit Red man rockin' on to the funky 
said Virginia's in the house. Virginia's in the house. I said Charlie's in the house. Charlie's in the house. I said Atlanta's in the house. Atlanta's in the house. North Carolina's in the house. Carolina's in the house. You watched the birdie. Red, wreck your brains early. If rap was b-ball, I have a sis like James Worthy. Dip in the jock if you got the hots to get your knock rock. Twice my device from the MCs from my rock box. Hey, you better come clean like J. Root before I take phase two and do another pay-per-view to your crew. I give a boo bit to Q-tips, standing tall like Shaq. Honey, I'm back. This ain't blue chips. The new stuff, creeping brothers like Briar. He's heating up. No, brother, I'm on fire. Dribble, dribble, shooting three pointers to the drum. Trick trying to take my style. Foul! And one! DJ Twins in the house for the nice square. My man Shaq, you don't know you better ask. Get that ball, chocolate city, coming to you now for the 94 era. And yo, you can't pass that blood. And yo, check this out. We're going to take it to the now with New New Jersey. Drop that chocolate folk for you. Every day and all day. How we do it? Word is ball, word is I've slayed. How is he for real? Is that nigga really paid? Hustlers I've met or dealt with direct. Is it true he stayed in beef and slept with a tech? What's the position you hold? Can you really match a triple platinum artist buck by buck? But only a single going gold. Rockefeller shit foe. And you're left out in the cold. Is it back to charge your motherfuckers 11 for a O? For the millionth time asking me questions like Wendy Williams harassing me. They get upset when I catch feelings. Can I get a minute to breathe? And in that minute you leave while I'm looking at my road. Ice spinning on my sleeve. Ugh, nice watch. Do you really have a spot? Like you said in front of foe, and if so, what block? What you doing in LA with Filipinos and essays, Latinos and Chevys down by Pico with Federico? I answer all y'all questions, but then y'all got to go. Now the question I ask you is how bad you wanna know? Black! Uh-huh, 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 I don't know what the hell been sniffing, jigger still dipping, chrome on the whips and four days out the week, find me in the kitchen, still in the game, hook like glue, poppy gave me one pie, but it cooked like two, I'm a crook like you, cats around my way was buying brand new whips and shit, what could I do, knowing I'm supposed to style, I'm the hustler's poster child, rock lizards and crocodile, live ironic and whatnot. 
put all that ice on the face of a watch just to make it hot. Now you see me on them stages, rocks in the air looking like blue lasers. Never fool gazes, act courageous. I smack them with the two aces, Mac double one. I'm troublesome. All I got for chicks, hard f***ing bubble gum. Flip bricks like Fred Barney rubble in them. It's the Rockefeller click. What's f***ing with them? Not a damn thing, but we doing our damn thing. Black. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. How we do? Come on. Sounds so beautiful, don't you agree, ladies and gentlemen? Ha. Well, they call me J-Ho because the flow is religious. Never since I was 16, I was holding digits. I'm seeing this industry clearer. As if I had coke in the trunk and cops in the rear mirror. I slow flows y'all to death, so y'all hoes know who's best. Jigger, the flow be I bendito. For the mommies, I hable espanol, biquito. Oh, at day, I got timing like a Segway. Now holla back, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jay-Z, you motherfucking right In the darkest night, let off my gun for light The guide y'all through, show you how it's done I'm the question and the answer like I have a son Just be private ones, no gate to lift So when I take flight, it's from Hangar 6 Bang with this, wake up with one in your brain And the cocaine flow straight, numbing your pain This ain't your speed, young man Running your lane, so I could come through doing a hundred and change. I put one in your frame, picture that. Who's running the game? Let's get to that. I guess we won in the same, a million and one. Once again, Novocaine flow, ho, you ain't know. Like a baller in an Impala, jigger remain low. Then I pop up, tear your block up, and kick off like soccer. In the range row, twist hoes like ankles. To the next time, Papa. And we are back. This is the Ryan Show FM. With your host, Ryan Rennell, and I'm joined by my dear friend, the legend, Rick Ross is here. Hey. <laughs> man, <laughs> it is good to have you. And man, we lambasted. We roasted. I don't even want to call him. I don't even know what his name is. But he tries Pig. to take yours. Pig. Pig. <laughs> Pig, yes. Yo, look, I'm not trying to burn bridges. I know the other host of the show, Mr. Cheeks, is a real part of the hip-hop world, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm just me. I'm just Ryan for the Ryan Show. But Mr. Cheeks, out of respect towards Mr. Cheeks, I try to keep my mouth shut sometimes, but I just don't get it. I just don't understand how a man could take your name, Rick Ross. I, I understand, like, for instance, Freeway, right? Freeway, another rapper that paid some homage to you, called himself Freeway. But how can you just take a man's name and his story and pretend it was your own and think you won't get caught? I mean, was it before the internet that he came up with this idea? I don't understand. Yeah, me either. But you know, he got rich. He, he got rich off of, of your story. Like, I want all the listeners to let this sink in. Imagine you live your life and you you commit some wild ass acts, and you build up a reputation. You have to serve time in jail. You become a living legend, taking these actions, having more balls and audacity to create and take these actions. Anyway. And you're in jail and somebody literally takes your name and pretends to be you and starts a rap career based on your badass life. <laughs> it's almost like a movie in itself. Like that in itself should be like a comedy movie in a sense. Somebody literally is stealing. It's just crazy to me still. It is. It is. It is. Well, you know, they did a movie about that before. Did they? What movie is that? CD4. About a guy that stole the likeness of a drug dealer in jail? 
Yeah, something like that. Not not exactly like that, but it's similar. And 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 he comes on to be come this great big rock star. Wow. Using this guy's image and name and everything, and then he's discovered. I mean, it's just it's just a weird thing to me. It's a weird thing. Like, okay, so William Roberts is his real name. William Roberts II. And to me, it's even more of a slap in the face that he was a corrections officer. I'm sorry, and, but and he never played football either. Okay, so you bring that up. You go right to his Wikipedia, and it says that he was a college football player. He played quarterback and offensive lineman at Albany State. Where are the pictures? Not one picture. You, you played football that... in the 90s, and they don't have one picture of you in a football uniform. Huh? Hmm. We got to fact check it. Where are the sound checkers? Fishy. It sounds fishy to me. He was an All American. He was an All American football player in high, in high school. Was he though? That's what he said. Doesn't take me for much of an answer. I mean, he looks like a cop. And no pictures. He doesn't look like his body's not built like a football player. I can tell you that. Man. More like the Michelin Man. You know, the guy with the tires yes. around him. Yes, the Michelin Man was not playing football. I'm sorry. No, he was not playing football. He was he was eating jelly rolls. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like correction officers do. All right. DJ Vlad got jumped. I'm not the biggest fan of Vlad. Sometimes you listen to him and it's just like cringeworthy. His lack of social awareness. And I love the, I love his platform. He asked the right questions. But that being said, he was the one that kind of outed Rick Ross back in the day. And Rick Ross had him jumped. If I remember correct, Rick Ross had him jumped, right? He so did. he tried to hide it. He was upset. When he was being ousted, I feel like he must have come up with this idea, not realizing the power of the internet. It just, it just confuses me. I just don't get it. Well, you know, he 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 figured that he could get away with it for a while, and and he did, you know, and and um, it is what it is, you know. People, people, it, it's a different time, though. You know, back in the days when we were coming up, you know, when Nelly Manelli was just lip singing, you know, they they. They, they, they threw them out everything. They took their yeah. awards back. and But, you know, this is a different time. This is a time of, you know, just fake it. You know, you ain't got to make it. Just fake it. That's the harshest. That is the worst part about it. I remember being a kid and not being able to listen to Rick Ross. Because when I listen to my rappers, I want to hear gangster rap, damn it. I want to know they're, they're doing the things that they say. At least at least put a, uh, some disclaimer or something in front of it so they don't get in trouble like Young Thug. But yeah. what's the point? Like, I want to feel uh, the the like. That's the point of me listening to gangster rap as a white boy from the Hams, right? I want it's like watching a western. It's stepping into somebody else's shoes and feeling that experience, right? How am I supposed to feel that experience from Rick Ross's music when he's not talking about his own life? He's talking about your life. And I remember being younger and hearing these songs, and being like, "Yo, why is everybody listening to this?" Like, it just didn't really make sense to me. Like, as a listener, maybe people listen to it for other reasons. Maybe they're not as crazy as me. Who knows? Some people like to be bullshit. Yes, so. You know, you just they just like to be bullshit. You know, get bullshit all on their nose and rub it on their nose and in their yeah. face. You know, oh bullshit, bullshit, and and they just fuck it. He got some money. Well, at least he looks like he got some money because he may not even have no money. That might be bullshit too. The jury might be uh, uh, Saconian or whatever they call it. You know I mean, that. let's put it this way. I looked and it said that he amassed thirty-five million, and that is nothing compared to with some of our favorite rap. You know, Kanye, Jay Z, some of these other guys that are true bosses, quote unquote. Do you believe he made thirty-five million? I don't know. I mean, I mean, the first maybe. thing he did, the first thing he did when you you meet him, the first thing he do is he lied to you. Yeah, that's a good point. 
The first thing he says when he meets you, I'm Rick Ross. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> you know, so then after that, then everything else is like, Liar. How much of Bel Air do you own if you have to promote it? I'm going to be burning all my bridges with Bel Air tonight. Shout out to Brett Barish. He's a he's a, a guest on this program. He's a great guy. But how much do you have to promote Bel Air unless you're the owner? What is how much is this guy paying you? Just crazy. <laughs> I just don't know, Rick. I just don't know. But that being said, we have a whole tirade. If people want to listen more, go listen to what's going on this Sunday. We had a, a great show. Uh, but yeah. Let's get into some boxing, man. Before, but I know you're a busy man. You got a lot going on. But you're now, you said 40 and 0 in the boxing world. Yeah, right now I'm 42 and 0. What do you attribute that success to? To be 42 and 0, first time boxing consultant manager. Uh, technically, what's the role that you that you have? Advisor manager. Advisor. That's it. What, what do you, you know, attribute that success it's, to? It's about aligning yourself with 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 the right people. You know. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do that that I know a lot of the big promoters don't don't do is that they don't go to to those neighborhoods. You know, they don't go where where the, the cream of the crop lays. They wait until the guys start to jail, and then once they start to jail, then they pick them up. So my goal is to catch these guys before the big guys ever catch wind of them. How do you do that? How do you find them when they're not? Well, you go to little it. shows like I did this weekend. You know, yeah. I was in St. Louis. You know, at, at a you know, one of the one of the fights. I call it the Chitlin Circuit. You know, where, the Chitlin Circuit, like <laughs> <laughs> where they're fighting in little bitty clubs. You know, uh, no heater. I mean, no air conditioner. It's hot yeah. and sweaty in the air. Uh, but this place here was jam packed. It was wall to wall. You know, lucky the fire marshal didn't come close it down. Uh, Aren't they the worst? <laughs> Why are they the worst? Why are they worse than any cop? I don't know. But we had some great fights in there. You know, yeah. I, I saw a lot of good talent of guys who, who, who should be on TV. And, you know, then it becomes my job to uh, to get them on TV. Wow. So that's how it works. So, you have to go. so you've always been very savvy when it comes to utilizing the internet to do business. How do you utilize the internet for the boxing industry? Well, you know, right now, uh, technically, Jake Paul is probably the highest paid boxer in, in the game right now. Isn't that Between something? Between him, him and Canelo. So when you look at a guy like Jake Paul, who's only been fighting three years, you know, you're like, well, how did he jump past guys who've been fighting since they was, you know, two and three years old? You know, why is he making more money? So what you find out is that it's not how well you can fight. Um, it's how well you can bring the fans into the arenas, you know, and how, how well can you get the eyeballs, you know, onto the TV screen? Hasn't it kind of always been that way, but to a lesser extent? I always heard that there were boxers that didn't get the shine. They might have had more talent, but they didn't work with the right promoters or they didn't know the right people. Oh, so absolutely. It's, it's always been like that. And it probably always will be. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, the Internet now is it was TV. You know, if you got on TV, you got on HBO. But now it's turned to the Internet. You know, if you can get you know, so many Instagram followers or so many YouTube views, then you already have a building fan base and uh, they'll come and they'll, they'll support you. Makes sense. That's what he's doing. Took yes, the traffic yes. from that YouTube channel. And he knows, I will say this about Jake Paul. What a great heel. How good is he on the mic? 
at talking smack, making those promo videos. That's why I'd watch wrestling. It wasn't for the actual wrestling. It was for the promo videos, like Macho Man getting on the mic. There are some hilarious videos of him talking smack. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, Jake, Jake and his, his team has been great at uh, the, the internet marketing that they do, you know, and, and I've been studying some of their stuff, and I plan on using some of it as my own. You got to get linked up with Mr. Jake Paul. I feel like you guys would do some crazy work together. I feel like just people respect what you do and who who what who you are now, especially and what you've done. I feel like that bridge needs to be built between you and these guys like Jake Paul and everything else. Like, well, I would love to, I would love to work with somebody like Jake Paul, you know, because he's already conquered the internet. You know, he's one of the strongest people in in the world on the internet, and. Um, if if I believe if he took my business savvy and added it to his uh, uh, his notoriety, the sky's the limit. Imagine that we got to speak it into existence. It's the point of this program. We put ideas sure. into the universe. For and sure, we- you got to have a vision. Without vision, there's nothing. That's right. Dreaming. You mentioned earlier one thing that you said that stuck with me, Mister Ross, was that people don't dream enough these days. Absolutely. Uh, people's dreams have been been stifled, you know, uh, with 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 this system has has taken away people's ability to to see themselves in a higher light than what they uh, what where they live in. You know, most people can't see themselves getting out of these positions that they're in and they wind up staying there. Don't be don't let it be you. If you're one of those listeners, don't let it be you. Dream, dream big. Take dream big and go bigger. Make dream big leave. and go bigger. Keep upgrading. Go from an ounce to three, That's to a zero, right. to ten, to a kilo, to one hundred and fifty kilos. <laughs> so exactly, yo, really quick. We're sitting here, folks that are listening, in studio with a man that made six hundred million dollars between the years nineteen eighty three and nineteen eighty four. Six hundred million dollars between the years nineteen eighty three and nineteen eighty four. Unbelievable. Selling a product that makes us all happy and keeps us up late at night. Thank and you. And only started Russell. with one hundred and fifty bucks. It's just so insane. I just let let that sink in. 600 mil between those two years. So, Mr. Ross, may you find the same success in all of these other endeavors that you're now in, from weed to boxing to going around the country and motivational speaking and teaching these young kids how to be entrepreneurs. We take I would take my hat off to you, but, I mean, you think that you're bald right now? You don't want to see what's going to be the same right now. Jesus Christ. The fans are going to be like, what? What is going on here? <laughs> Any last gems for the fine folks out there listening, Mr. Rick Ross? Well, make sure everybody go and buy my books, uh, Freeway Ricky Ross, Untold Autobiography, 21 Keys to Success. But more important than that, you know, uh, I would love for you to buy my books, but I'm going to give you the tip of a lifetime. My three favorite books, The Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and as a man think, or as a woman think, by James Allen, those books uh, really taught me to open up my mind and to allow my mind to take me to places that my body's never been. Deep. Three titles. Write them down. If you're listening to the podcast, play it back. Yes. I'm going to take those gems, Mr. Ross. Rick Ross, always a pleasure, my friend. And I look forward to bringing hey. you to New York. Get me to New York. I'm trying to get there. Yo, it's time. We got work to do, man. Uh, we y'all have follow work me. To do. Follow, follow me on Freeway, Freeway Ricky. Ricky Ross on Instagram. 
uh, Freeway Rick on Instagram, Freeway Ricky Ross on Facebook, and Freeway on Twitter. And That's I'm saying it right now, is, I'm yeah. trying to be in that 420 world with you, brother. Let's go. It's Let's the takeover, it. baby. We got work Let's to do. do We're going to be talking afterwards. LA Kingpin to the top. Kingpins, baby. LA Kingpin. Smoke till you got him. This is the right yes. show, fam. We got Rick Ross in studio and we will return. And don't forget the new Ross Runs is coming out. Ross Runs, baby. Ross Runs. We'll be back at the same time, the same place next week, folks. Follow us on Instagram at The Ryan Show. All good things must come to an end. Over and out. Peace. Peace. And that'll do it, folks. Thanks for joining us for the best of part two. We'll see you next week.